new stuff. I'm really happy, and I'm looking forward to more new stuff. Amen. So I don't feel bad. I said, oh, I just found it. Well, maybe I was just ready to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Just ready to receive it. Amen. So like my late husband used to tell me about my 21st. I'll cut it out. Look at what you're laughing about up here. 20, <laughs> 21st, 25th anniversary diamond ring. And uh, I would remind him every year. He said, well, baby, let me know when you, we, when you make 24. In other words, like it's going to be so hard for me to get there. <laughs> what am I, chopped liver? But he who? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> the girl made it. Hey, hey, hey. Had no doubts, had no fears. See, you stick a gun up a brother's nose one time, they don't. They don't want to have that experience every day. Right, Prophet Waller? Oh, you can laugh about that. I pray God find you a little wife that keep you jacked up too. In the Lord, in a good way, in a good way, in a good way, in a good way, in a good way. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I got my King James out. Amen. So we're, we were in, what? Well, where were we at? See, I got... John 10, 10. Thank you. (laughs) Jesus talks about uh, some things here. Um, You kind of have to follow his train of thought a little bit to understand what he he, uh, is speaking here. Verse 7, he says, Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Huh? But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, shall go in and out and find pasture. He says, the thief comes not, but for to steal, I mean, kill, steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly and i am the good shepherd etc etc so here we're talking really about psalm 23 where he says i am the shepherd the lord is my shepherd i shall not want i shall not lack he says if you stay with me do what i say if you'll let me lead you through life you will have that experience of no lack he says, if you ever find yourself getting ripped off, know that you're connected with a thief. Amen? If you find my promises are not coming true for you, there's a thief somewhere. And he says here, because I come to give you life more abundantly, that means that it includes things that cannot be stolen. So when you follow the Lord, he blesses your life with things that cannot be stolen. So this must refer to spiritual things. It's a spiritual things. The things that you have locked up either as treasures in heaven or things locked up in your spirit that you uh, uh, live a lifestyle that causes these things to be kept, remembered, mature, not lost from you, those are the things Jesus talks about when he talks about abundant life. So he's not talking about earthly goods. Hmm? He's not talking here about earthly goods. When he says, I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Now you can have abundance of things on your own. You don't need God for that. Look at all the the uh, Gates and Zuckerbergs and all of those people, we don't know they're not Christians, but we highly suspect they're not. Amen. And there are Christians that have abundance of things, but if they don't have the more abundant life that Jesus talked about, they can easily be separated from things. If you don't have abundant life as far as divine health is concerned, if you can't go to, to God and get your peace of mind, if you are a nervous wreck about things, I'll, look at Howard Hughes and how he died. He lived in a penthouse apartment in Las Vegas. They said he didn't wear clothes, didn't bathe. At the end of his life, he had a very long, scraggly beard. He was paranoid. 
All of those things. Why? Because he was lacking in the life of Christ, the life that Christ told we would have. Now, don't get, don't get nervous about natural things. Please. See, when people preach things like this, then all the faith people jump up and want to take your scalp. Because they don't think you can have both. You either leave preaching about Christ and the life that he has called us to live, and you start preaching what they call biblical prosperity. And most people take that up as a mission for the rest of their preaching time. See, it, it, it tends to overwhelm their conversation. Now, if you know an exception to that, you can tell me what it is. But there are, are few that teach it in balance and teach it where it doesn't dominate the conversation. Let me tell you why people go overboard with it. Because there is an atmosphere that continually fights them. Now, there's an atmosphere that will allow it by the Holy Spirit. But if you stay on it too long, there's an atmosphere that fights them. And they begin to argue with that atmosphere, with that spirit. See, like you'll have people now that are still preaching that the church doesn't want you. Church wants you to be poor. Well, who believes that? See, we all heard that message. So who believes that anymore? In fact, when they were accusing the church of of preaching that, the church really wasn't preaching that. You can go to any Baptist and they'll know what a blessing is. Because they come in with their new shoes and their new suit and their big hat. And girl, God that blessed me. So everybody knows what a blessing is. You don't have to force feed that. But see, if you're constantly dogged by a spirit that fights your message, because you're not smart enough to take authority over it and let your message flow in the flow that God wants it to flow in, and you keep hammering against this thing, then you'll go overboard in your emphasis on certain things. So I'm going to leave that right there. Y'all can think about that for a little bit. But you see how that happens, don't you? You see how it happens. And so many times these people are assigned, spirits are assigned to them that keep them fighting that and keep talking about it. And they think resistance is coming from the people and the people receive what they're saying. They're not fighting you anymore about these kinds of messages. They may be tired of hearing it so often. They want to go on to some things that they're concerned about in life, like their kids that are on drugs. Or their family's not quite saved yet. You know, we want to go on to those spiritual things. So Jesus talks here about life and life more abundantly. So the abundant life must include things that cannot be stolen. Things that can be stolen, he's not talking about here. Now, why is it that he can talk freely about a more abundant life? And tell you not to worry about what you're going to eat, drink, or wear. Because he's letting you know that the more abundant life is beyond this world. He is talking about a kingdom that is not of this world. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. See, you don't live in this world. If you did, you'd be upset about all the things that aren't right in your life. So you give yourself away by being peaceful about them. Huh? It tells you where that locates where you are and where you live. Amen. So Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 6, no man can serve two masters. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve mammon. You're going to love one, hate the other. It's best to love God no matter where you are in life. No matter your lot in life, no matter what you have, what you don't have, it's best to stay loving God and let the other thing go. He says here, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, else he'll hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is the God of this world. This world runs on material things and the abundance of them. Mm -hmm. 
It does. It runs on the material and the abundance of it. Therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life in the physical or material sense. That includes even your health. You can't worry about your health. You, It'll get worse. You've got to seek the kingdom and his righteousness and accept your covenant that you are healed, you are saved, you're delivered, you are prospered, you have your needs met, you have all that you need, and thank God for it and declare it and take no thought for it. It's the best way to live. And he says, take no thought for your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, yet for your body, what you'll put it put on it. He said, is not life more? See, there we go. More abundance. More. When he talks about the more, he's talking about things that are peculiar to the kingdom, things that originate from his kingdom, and things that only can come from his kingdom. Amen? Don't ever feel condemned about, you know, people look at each other and, oh, God, when am I, my ministry going to get like so-and-so's? It won't. God called you. He didn't call you to be cookie cutter, whoever you think is wonderful today. Huh? And then when you find out what they're really about, then you're disappointed. Just keep your eyeballs on your own thing. Seek first the kingdom. He said, behold, the fowls of the air, they don't sow. He's giving you examples. Now look around you. I got birds that keep nests on my property and they don't pay no rent. They loud. They get mad at you if you come near the little nest. I was out there one day with Rachel. She was diddling with the hose, you know. <laughs> Rachel, she don't want to get wet. She don't want to hear everything. So if the hose gets away from her, she'll just shoot it anywhere. She shot it up near that nest, and two birds came out of nowhere. <laughs> so Rachel, come on, get away from that little corner. They scared about them little ugly babies it is, but you know. No rent paying loud. Ghetto. I said, we out in the birds. How they find them? The ghetto birds find us up in here. But they're all up in there having their babies and making you pay for it and all this kind of stuff. Wait a minute. This ain't no welfare thing here. Come on now. Anywho. But, you know, God says you got to let them live. Don't mess with them. So I don't mess with them. I just let them live. But I'm, when I tell them in, in the morning, I go out there on the deck singing, ain't nothing going on but the rent. Hey. <laughs> they don't get the hint, though. So anyway, I said, God, I'm taking care of your little creatures, great and small. Here they are. He says, which of you, by taking thought, now worrying. Now, I like that term, taking thought, but that because that means one little thought about it. Let it dwell on your mind. See, it can go through. You can have a thought about it, but don't nurse it. Don't let it settle there. Don't don't generate any concern about it. Because the more you generate, the more you brood over something, and the more you you know give it warmth and embrace it and and take it upon yourself as a burden, the greater the burden gets. So you cause the burden to increase just by taking thought for it. And he said, which one of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, he ain't going to get no taller. Why do you take thought for clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. They grow, they toil. They don't toil, but they grow. And they do not. In other words, they don't try to manufacture their own clothes. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. We don't like that. We don't like not worrying about how we look. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Ooh, ouch. So little faith pertains to the things of this life and this world. Come on now. Whenever Jesus saw them disciples looking in the natural, a little faith. It only takes a little faith to deal with what you see around here all the time. It's going to take more faith for you to get over into the realm of the invisible and deal in the kingdom. So who increases our faith? God does. 
So you've got to take that little faith and quit looking in the natural and put it in God. Put it in his word. Start believing what God says. Start believing that he's done these things. Start believing that he set aside riches and glory for riches and glory, riches and glory. They're set aside for you in a realm that it takes his faith, faith in God, to generate for you. So he wants us to live there. He said, i got a place where you can live, have life more abundantly. The thief can't steal from you. If you stay with the good shepherd, I'll provide everything for you. Don't go off with these people who start getting your focus on natural things. What you going to eat? What you going to drink? What you going to wear? Who you going to marry? You know, we've had people come to this ministry and be blessed for a season. They start looking around. Where the men at? I'm serious. It's like a social thing to them. You know, they they get beyond desperation because the devil's tearing their house up. And then all of a sudden, there they are back with little faith. If God got your kids off drugs and he got uh, babying them out of out of jail early, you don't think he can find you a husband? And see, you walk away from the place of abundant living, and you go somewhere where a thief is. Take from you, take the little bit that you had in your spirit. They tell you that was all wrong, all lies. He says, how much more will he clothe you? Therefore, take no thought. Saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Where shall we born? For all these things the Gentiles seek. In other words, that's ghetto mentality. Hmm? In modern language. Now, don't get offended by every little thing, you know. Let's not be politically correct in the church. Let's just get underneath and, and get the spirit of what's going on here. Amen. You can be located in the ghetto, but you don't have to have that mentality. I know we lived in the ghetto. We didn't have a ghetto mentality. We was moving on up, Wheezy. Hey! You always have aspirations for better when you live in the kingdom. Amen? And didn't know God that well. We just knew we could do better than where we were. And we eventually did. Amen? Praise God. He says, after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all this. So God knows you need all of this, and he's already provided for it if you will seek the kingdom first. First things first. You'll never get the fullness of material things without seeking the kingdom first. You won't have the ability to hold on to them when you do get them if you don't seek. So you can't cheat this system that God has. It's foolproof. And it's there to help you and help your life so he can provide the more abundant life for you. He says, therefore, take no thought for tomorrow. Another, don't worry about what's coming. He said, tomorrow shall take care of itself. He said, you got enough problems from day to day. Don't borrow problems off of tomorrow. So it's not that God won't take care of us, but our faith and labor must be employed in agreement with the word for earthly provision. So you've got to go into the kingdom first to even get earthly things. Things that are going to work for you and things that are going to help you. This will not just come to you, but the kingdom and abundant life come by merely seeking and entering in. This takes often merely a shift in mindset, the lifting of hands, meditating and calling on the, on the promises of God. To get things in the natural requires labor. Even when you live in the kingdom, to get the natural provision you need, you've got to find a job, go to a job, all these things. You've got to use your faith to get them. Many times people don't realize that they are shifting from little faith or natural faith over into kingdom faith. Now think about it. You've got to make that transition. You've got to shift your faith from natural faith 
or little faith over into kingdom faith. Now, why do we think kingdom faith is greater? Because it is the faith of God. It is faith in God. And it takes some effort on our part to let go of little faith or natural faith and step over into kingdom believing. Kingdom believing will cause you to believe and receive in spite of what you see, in spite of what you think, in spite of how you feel. So really, you have to divorce yourself from little faith. You've got to divorce yourself from natural faith. You have, and then you've got to wait it out and know that you won't die of heart sickness because you divorced your faith self from little faith. We've all been there. If you haven't been there, you will go. Some of you are there now. Remember when you could just go out and get a job? Huh? You knew the right story to tell people? How to beef up that res- resume, resume, resume you got? Huh? Leave off the people that you quit and told off and all that kind of stuff? So you worked your little faith. And you got a job, but now you need a better. A little faith only takes you so far. I mean, after a while, that door is closed to kingdom people. And God will shut it for your good and for his glory. And so when you make that shift over into the faith of God or more abundant living or more abundant faith, then you will have some withdrawal. You'll be tempted to go play them old tricks again. Huh? You'll be tempted to call so-and-so that God didn't tell you to call to see if they can get you in. Huh? You'll be tempted to do all of these things. And God will not let them work for you because he is going to get the glory out of it and he's going to get your focus off natural things that you can do to help yourself. He don't want you helping you. That's how you get in most messages you're in. You help yourself. Amen? You get tired of waiting. You let, let the devil fill your mind full of doubt. You let him keep you discouraged about things. And then pretty soon you'll impulse because you're tired of sweating it. And you jump up and do something that God didn't tell you to do. Now you're back in trouble again. Because it's only whatever you can do in the natural is a temporary fix, if a fix at all. What it, This world is temporal or temporary. Anything that you draw from it is temporal or temporary. God is looking to set you up permanently so you won't have any worries, any cares, any doubts, any fears. Once you start living kingdom and you get in there and you get comfortable living by faith or comfortable living, expecting God to come through for you, you get comfortable with that, then God will allow you to command certain things into your life. He's like, I don't want to keep holding your hand through all of your little trials all the time and wiping your tears and all of that. I want you to start commanding your own life and expecting these things to happen for you. And I expect you to be able to have more abundance of not only of things, but of spiritual things as well, so that you have a heart to give. What does it prosper you to have excess finances and all this kind of stuff, and you don't have a heart to do the right thing with it? And so God takes care of it. He wants his kids to be like him, folks. That's why Jesus is saying this is a more abundant life. This isn't just having a tract of land and being able to, uh, uh, you know, make sure it works because you tithe off of what it produces. See, we think we're living abundantly when we can get the law of the tithe to work for us. And Jesus is talking about something far exceeding that. Galatians 5 tells us exactly how he expects us to live. You know, he says, what good is it, what, what good, what does it prosper a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You know what losing your soul is? Being a nervous wreck, having to watch everything, don't trust nothing and nobody, having to watch everybody and not having any peace in your life. 
So the abundant life is described here, the fruit of the Spirit. He said is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. See, we don't, we don't give much credence to this stuff. I guarantee your average faith preacher or a, a prosperity preacher tells you nothing about having peace with what you have or having contentment with what you have and having contentment, period, if you don't have nothing. You know what I'm saying? Meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And many people get promoted way beyond their ability, you know, to, to master life in the spirit. You have to master this. Because the enemy is trying 24-7 to kick you out of the kingdom of God. Pull you back over into the natural. Get you to be concerned about something. Start saying the wrong things about God. Not expecting him to come through for you. Amen. And so you have to learn how to abide in him. Jesus talks about him being the vine and we are the branches. You abide in me and my word abides in you. You can ask whatever you will. I'll do it for you. So the first thing God wants to bring uh, to us is peace. The peace of God cannot be broken or stolen. The the enemy is afraid of God's peace because it's beyond understanding. See, he can't talk you out of it. You know how, say for instance, if, if Juana says, well, I'm, I'm really concerned about my daughter and blah this and blah that, and I give her the word. I say, you know, God promises your seed will be blessed. Be just, if I didn't give her the word and I say, oh, Juana, she's going to be all right. See, the devil come right behind me and talk her out of that. You got me? See, if you don't put the kingdom on that thing and put her back in the kingdom where she belongs with what you say, the devil will come behind you and disturb that little earthly peace because it's not founded on anything. But if I tell you, girl, we just read the seed of the righteous prayer and apply that, she will be delivered. She will have command over her life. She'll hate sin, love God, hate the devil. She'll be prosperous, never beg bread. Come on now, let's go there. And see, if she lets that settle in on her, I see some people just crazy. They'll fight the word. I don't want to hear that. Now I've had people tell me, I know that. So if you know it, how come you up here in my grill talking about what you, come on now, give me a break. But if she allows that peace to settle in on her, then the devil backs off. Why? Because it's beyond his understanding. He can't comprehend that. He'll say stuff like, well, dang, how come it ain't working now? I usually can mess her head up. Talking to get her to worry, get her focusing on what her kids aren't doing. And what they need to be doing, if I can mess her head up like that, I got her. He said, now I can't disturb that because I don't have an answer for what she's got in her right now. See? So that's the first thing that God gives us is his peace. That's the first thing you receive from him when you got born again. You receive the peace of God, which is beyond understanding. human, Human understanding cannot get that. I was on a plane uh, coming home, almost made it home. <laughs> you know, I'll, the devil know you know who you are. The minute you step in the in the place, you know what I'm saying. I mean, come on now, dog been following me for years, but uh, almost home. We get up every day. You know, we landed, get up and step in the aisle, and some income poop. Decides he's going to pull everybody's, like I was like in the fourth or fifth row. He's going to get all the bags for everybody that's in the rows ahead of me. He just started yanking them out, giving them people, yanking them out, coming on back, yanking them out. I said, okay. <laughs> I recognize this devil from many, many times. See, he want to yank a, a, a bag out and hit me in the head with I said, oh, no, you ain't not today, devil, not ever. So the gentleman, there was a gentleman sitting, I was sitting on the aisle, he was by the window. And I noticed he had a tattoo of a cross on the inside of his wrist. I never got to talk to him, never said anything to him. Well, he stood in the aisle in front of me, and this guy yanked the bag down on him and hit him in the chest 
with the bag. And I started praying in the spirit. I said, Satan, I bind you. I bind violence and strife in the name. And I prayed in tongues. And this man was angry. And he said some things back to this aggressive guy. He kept talking, but the more he talked, the more God's peace descended on him. He didn't lift a hand. He was just angry. And he walked around. He walked off the plane in the peace of God, but he wasn't silent. You know how sometimes you can be mad and God's working on you to contain you and all that kind of stuff? Well, that's the state he was in. And I was thankful. He was, it looked like he was a Christian to me. You know, the devil don't put crosses on them. No, he does with some people, but, you know, he's scared of the cross anyway, scared of the blood. But uh, I felt like this gentleman was probably a Christian or walked with God at some time. But I felt like I said, God, if I can keep him in your peace, then everything will be fine. Because I didn't want to be one of them situations that see me on YouTube the next time. You know, dragging everybody out the plane and all this kind of stuff and looking rough. You know, I didn't want my glasses broke. I was going to be intact, nothing missing, nothing broken, getting on and off that plane. And so... You know, God is, is merciful in that, and he, I saw God undertake, but the peace of God, you can't understand it. You don't understand how this man could be physically assaulted and not move to retaliate against that gentleman, but that's exactly what happened. And so God offers his peace, and trust me, folks, that if, if you can't get any other fruit of the Spirit in abundance, seek for that one. Just seek to know how to walk in God's peace at all times. Now, I'm not talking about murmuring and complaining and being silent with your lips stuck out. I'm talking about peace and contentment, satisfaction, where everything's all good all the time. Amen? One of the things I see with Christians, they take themselves a little bit too seriously for me. If you can't laugh, you're missing out on most of what the fruit of the Spirit is probably talk about joy last because that's always the last thing people think is going to help them you know you want to help people to understand hey it ain't that serious you know you ain't the first person that walked this way but you don't want to tell them that but you can stay in god's peace and that's the place where he has ordained for us to abide in him amen there are times when we have arguments you know how you have an argument just can't let it go your mind keeps running back to what I should have said so and so. I'll wait till I see him next time. I'm going to really tell him off. You know, that kind of stuff. You can't live like that and be a kingdom person. Amen. You have to let things, learn how to let things go and know that you're not a loser. You can let things go and not suffer loss, folks. You know, got you know, like to scrap and get everything. Me and you against the world, you know. Come on now. Your father knows what you need. Amen. You don't need that vainglory. You don't need to be right all the time. You don't need people to, you know, just hover and shiver at your words, all that kind of crazy stuff. You don't need that. Amen. You don't need that. So we we can enter into a peace of God and have abundance of peace. And that peace increases. And it holds us in the place of peace in God. You can have that. Amen. And so peace is very underrated as a spiritual force, but is what's needed for us to find our comfortable place with God. We're talking about abiding in the abundant life. We seek the kingdom and righteousness and all the fruit of the spirit are ours to enjoy. This really is more abundant life. So you really don't live off the fruits of your labors in the natural realm anymore you live off the fruit of the spirit you can have as much of that as you want you can have it as often as you want you can yield to any fruit that's needed for you to hold your peace the goal of living in the spirit is that you maintain the peace of god in your life all the time and why is that peace is your new address If you're not in peace, God thinks you ain't at home. The Bible says, let peace be our umpire. It lets you know you're safe. You made it home safely. 
You know why? Because the devil can't talk you out of it. It's beyond understanding. You go and flow into God and abide in his peace. He says, safe. Devil, get out of here. You can't have this one. I got him home safely. Amen. And so peace then becomes your umpire. Let you know if you did good, you did bad. You need to let something go. You need to embrace something. So peace becomes what you, what you gauge your walk with God in. Peace, out of peace flows all of the mind of God. You won't have wisdom. You won't have knowledge working if you don't have peace. You ever try to talk to somebody that's wound up? Huh? I'm not going to use humans as an example. Everybody exhale. I ain't going to talk about nobody in here. But my dog. (laughs) Coco gets wound up. People come to the door. (laughs) Oh, brother. So sometimes I say, snap out of it. And she like. I said, get in this room, you know, where we used to just let her run. I don't let her do that anymore because I know one thing. She can snap out of it and (laughs) behave herself. Well, you know, sometimes we get like that. Just wound up. Just snap out of it. God cannot reach you. You know, you got to get them peaceful before they can do something constructive and behave. Anybody seen that dog? She'll run through the house. All you can do is stay out of the way. I don't know what that's about, but she is one of them kind of, they're all different, you know. One of them kind of dogs. She'll run back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Jump up to the window, jump down, go to the door, jump down. I mean, I think she thinks she's guarding the house. But she killing everybody up in there, mowing them down, running back and forth. So, you know, we just stand out of her way, get her run out, and I said, now snap out of it. Amen. And that's what God does to us. He tells you, snap out of it. Get back in peace. I got important things for you to do. You don't dissipate your spiritual energy just going, you know, getting even with people and telling people off and all this kind of stuff. You got to know about what to do here. So we are, seek, we are to seek the kingdom and his righteousness. We said peace is very underrated as a spiritual force, but it's what needed for us to find our comfortable place with God. We seek the kingdom and righteousness and all the fruit of the spirit are ours to enjoy. This really is the more abundant life. Doesn't look like it from a natural perspective, but it is. It's more abundant. Because there's unlimited resources in the spirit for us to partake of. As we walk deeper in the spirit by faith, we find a welcome from God that cannot be had in things. And that's what people really seek for. You know, the disciples were looking for Jesus. He was off praying, doing what he's supposed to do. They're looking for him. Peter told him, all men seek after you. All men. We all seek after God. We don't know that's who we're looking for because we're thirsty. We're hungry. We we buy and sell and we have this and have that. We're still not satisfied. It's because we are hungry for God and don't know it. If you don't know God, you don't know what you're hungry for. It's like, you know, in eating foods that you've never had before. The average person will say, well, we're going to go have this and that. I don't like that. And you never had it before. But see, all of a sudden, and this is the way we are about spiritual things. We have a distaste, and we've never even experienced them before. You see what I'm saying? So so I always like, now me, I like the adventuresome life. I'll try anything once. If it don't bite me first, and it don't move. We got a deal. I'll try it. Amen, because I'd rather know if I like them or not rather than just lie and say I don't like it. You know, what you don't like is the the newness of the experience. And that's what sometimes causes us to recoil at spiritual things. Many times you'll tell people, well, you know, if you need so-and-so and such and such, let's pray about We'll pray about it. And in, the, in their mind, when you say pray, they think, oh, boy, it's going to take forever. And the blessing's right at their fingertip. They can't get it because it's in the spirit and they're out here in the flesh. You're trying to get them in the spirit where it is. Amen. And they won't go 
because they've never really experienced that they can trust God in all things. So God never intended for man to live by bread alone or things, but by his word, which provides spiritual fruit that we need to feed our spirits. We are spirits. And we're and feeding our spirit continual fruit by abiding in righteousness is abundant and more abundant living. Because you can have a much as much of it as you desire. He can't say that about material and natural things. But he can say that about spiritual things. He tells us our life is more than things. Whenever he says the more, it's talking about the spirit. It's more than things. See, this kind of teaching went over the heads of the Pharisees because they didn't know anything about spirit life. They were so focused on the natural, so focused on keeping the people under control, keeping the people out of the kingdom, keeping them from from receiving what Jesus had for them. That was their life. And so as long as you're focused on keeping people out You won't enter in yourself, and you keep them from entering in. And so that's what religion does, folks. It keeps people out of the spirit. It keeps them out of righteousness. It keeps The devil has tricks to keep you focused on the here and the now and what's missing from it. He doesn't know where all the riches are in glory. So that's why he can never get you to more abundant life. So we must believe that... Okay, we must believe that or we will not partake of the kingdom. So you've got to believe that our life is more than things. you got to get to the point you say, God, I've been begging for things and begging for things. I don't get no richer. Show me what I'm here for. It's just that simple. You just wear yourself out trying to get more natural things. God, I've been trying to make plans to prosper, and, and I can't quite get there. I always fall, fall short of my paycheck or something comes up. Show me how to live. You got me? You need to know how to live. And so once you make that commitment with God, then everything he does from there on in is showing you how to live. You cannot be happy living in the flesh. Once you got Christ living in you, that's a horrible life. Look at those around us who depart from the kingdom and live by the flesh and fall publicly. Tons of them. Every day. Every day. They decided they were flesh and not spirit. That's all. Made a decision one day. God, you want too much for me. Yeah, or devil comes with some cheap stuff. You know, I call, you know, adultery and that. That's cheap. I mean, it really is. It's just it's what the world does. So you don't want to fall in that trap. You want to keep yourself in the place where you live by the spirit and not by the natural. Sometimes you've been praying, asking God for more of, of things. You know, you get in these, these I call them these uh, zones, these spiritual zones sometimes where you're praying in tongues and you see some things God wants to open up to you and say, God, I just, I'll do anything for you to, well, <laughs> this is that. Less is more in the kingdom. Less flesh is more spirit. Huh? It is. It's good for us to not have everything we want in the natural all the time. It is. You know, when people live in a lack mentality, I'll be glad when I get, I'll be glad. Well, you better get glad now. Because <laughs> that may not be coming. But I know what you can have. You can have joy in the spirit right now. Huh? You can have the peace of God that passes all understanding. You have that any time you want to. You don't have to wait for something natural. You know, the devil keeps that. It's like a carrot he dangles. And dangle it, and you think you're almost there, and he <laughs> takes it away every single time. Learn how to live in the spirit. and let the de- Take the devil off, off your list. Take yourself off his list. Seriously. Quit the wants. You know, when you start preaching prosperity in a material sense to people who don't understand kingdom living, you have not helped them. See, all your books about wealth and millionaires and airplanes and Porsches, and that's not going to help somebody who doesn't know how to live in the spirit. You've just given them an extra burden. 
because they'll start praying and then don't see it happen and then they're burdened why it hadn't happened yet. And I'm a tither and I'm a giver and I'll have it yet. And how come I'll have it yet? You look at people who've fallen away from the church, empty pews. You know, if you're preaching a balance of, of the gospel, it ain't your fault. It's them clowns they see on television. That's all I'm going to say about that, okay? See, the church, usually the church, local church, where shepherds care for their sheep, they're not the problem with why people get screwed up and confused. I'm serious. You're devoted to God and you're, you're, you know, having your services regularly, doing the best you can, and people still leave. It ain't your fault. I'm telling you it's not your fault. Because there's too many things out there to screw people up. So don't you leave, lose one little bit of sleep about it. Don't you worry one little, just keep doing what you're doing. Huh? I had to learn to do that, you know. I said, look, devil, you're trying to get me off focus. I know what God called me to do and I'm doing it. He can add to me whoever he wants to add to me. If he don't add nobody, I can go back to preaching to myself in the mirror. Let people worry you. People who fall away fail to gain control of the flesh through the power of the spirit. They got into some kind of legalism, thought as long as nobody caught them, they wouldn't be found out. You know the deception the devil puts people in. Why? Because what was abundant didn't seem like enough to them. See, what's abundant to God can seem like not enough to you. What was freely given was rejected. What God's best is was not good enough. That's why people walk away and just go live in the flesh. They're expecting God to do one thing for them, and if they don't get it, they're going to throw a little fit and wash their hands of kingdom living when they haven't really learned how to live by the kingdom yet. The material does not manifest fast enough. That's what many of them do. Or they get so much so fast, their novices get lifted up in pride. Because everybody loves them, like because well, Daddy handed them a church full of people, and they didn't know how to appreciate what the Father had plowed and sowed and cried and prayed to get. See what I'm saying? It's a novice. You get lifted up in pride. You think they're coming for you? We step out of kingdom righteousness and pick up a restless, worry, scheming spirit to have the material. Devils will harass you all day long. You give them entry and see what they won't do to keep you up day and night. Hmm? Remember her? You got her number. Wonder what she's doing now. You laying down next to your wife. See what I'm saying? Get restless. Hmm? If we will not correct ourselves and live right, then we will fall. But if we correct ourselves, rebuke that spirit then the fruit of the spirit will come to us and nourish us you need spiritual nourishment you need the fruit of the spirit to nourish your spirit so it gets bigger than this lust devil that seems to be overwhelming to you you got to do those things you might be in for the fight of your life (laughs) just trying to get to sleep in peace huh the Lord let me know this, the fruit of love. So that was peace. So we're going to talk about the fruit of love. And patience is what we need to stay in the race, not be distracted, not lose what we've got. The fruit of love. So God let me know that the end time church must be more convinced of his love for her above all things because of the gross darkness that continues to cover the earth. It's not getting smaller. It's getting bigger. There is deep trouble on every continent from disease to human slavery, and it's very dark, and we must keep the light going. We're the only hope. And you see how the devil on every hand is trying to put our light out. Mm -hmm. You get sued because you don't want to put two people of the same sex on a cake. 
Now, it might seem like a small thing to some people, but if you have a covenant with God, you got to look at what God approves of. If you know God don't approve of it and he don't like it, don't get involved in it. Amen? I'd rather, I'd rather obey God than man any day. Uh, so we have to stay in the light and not be seduced into darkness by loving the world. We say we don't love the world, but if you compromise with the world, you must love it. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, yeah I would. Got no business over there. Got no business condoning what those people do. You're there as a light to lead them out of the darkness of the world over into God's kingdom where they can live, where they can have more abundant life. Walking consistently with God and serving him develops the fruit of faithfulness for which there is a specific reward. See, if you tough it out during times of lack, you tuck it, tough it out when, when your friends leave you or when they persecute you and treat you wrong, you tough it out and you stay with God, then God has a reward of continual joy. Joy is for overcomers. See? That's your reward. And see, you can be seated with Christ who laughs at the devil and his antics because he knows his time is short. And he sees the end of what the devil and his people are going to do. God will help you to be able to witness to some, save some. You'll see people who say, well, I just want to, you know, I don't know why you can make it through and you don't worry about nothing. You don't fear about your open door to tell them about the Lord. Don't you dare take credit for that yourself. You tell them that God keeps you in his perfect peace. Huh? Honey, I longed a long time ago that I couldn't live in this. I don't live here. You may see me here, but this ain't where I'm living. I'm living in the heart of God. I'm living in the lap of the Father. Amen? So we have a reward of continual joy. 1 John 1, 4 tells us how to get there. This is interesting. This is why people had these little special teachings that tell you you don't have to confess your sins no more and tell you all that crazy stuff. You believe that if you want to, but I get a good, I, I, I like confessing. I do. makes me feel better if nothing else. But I do know that if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 4. 1, 4. Mm, yeah. These things we write to you that your joy may be full. So what are these things? Well, one of them is walking in the light. Verse 5, this then is the message which you have heard of him and declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness. So if you abide in the light and not in darkness, your joy will be full. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we're liars and don't do the truth. So don't even try and say you're walking with God. Like these people on YouTube, prophets cussing each other out and threatening each other and going ghetto on each other, ghetto berserk. Not ghetto fabulous, but they go ghetto berserk on other each other. He says, but if you walk in the light as he is in the light, how do you do that? We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. So walking in the light means walking in a continual yielding to the spirit, and when you mess up, you confess. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. See, this is for the continual cover-up people. You know, you go to them and you instruct them, and, you know, you, you, you need to straighten that up, brother. You know, that ain't right right there. Oh, it's okay. You know, I, I always got an excuse. When they do wrong, they get excused. When you do wrong, they condemn you. You got me? And so you have to be the kind of person that will just man up and woman up. God, I did wrong, man. That's so wrong. Please forgive me. Or if it's a little wrong, forgive me for that too. There's no little sins. They just they all separate us from God. We ain't Catholic up in here. 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse. That's what you want. No confession, no cleansing. I don't know how these people think they can stay right with God and never confess it. Well, after you say, you know, the blood just, uh-uh, you go sell that someplace else. Oh, I ain't buying a tape from you. I ain't buying a book from you. I don't care what, how much TV you want. Follow, try to follow me with that flaky message. See, I've lived too long with God doing things that way, the book way. So that's how you stay in joy. You stay sin free. You mess up, don't condemn yourself. Confess it. Get back right in righteousness. And then his joy is returned to you. The devil steal your joy by getting you to drawing you off with nonsense. John sixteen twenty four. talks about the comforter the holy spirit you talk about joy he'll start showing you things that are you worry about and their foolishness to god he says here hitherto you have asked nothing in my name ask and you will receive that your joy won't be full see that's your scripture to cover all of your needs all you got to do is ask him step into the kingdom and go to blabbing hmm well, Lord, I sure would like this. Lord, I sure would like that. It, it, it amazed me one time when I really got honest with God, the things that he just will do for you, no labor, no sweat, just the asking. You know what I'm saying? Just asking, and he'll do those things. He says that your joy may be full, and so ask and believe you receive when you pray. It's your Mark 11:23 goes in there. Okay. We can ask whatever because we abide in him. He trusts you because you're with him. You're dwelling in him. You're drawing your words from him. You're drawing your faith from him. You're drawing everything from him. That's why he trusts you. It's not because you've been saved unteen years and you've been doing this good and that good. You can forget that. The minute you start telling yourself that the devil start tripping you up and then you do something wrong, what you going to do then? Huh? John fifteen eleven. these things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you. He's talking about bearing fruit. This is the one I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit. In other words, walk with me. Meditate on my word continually. Don't let this word depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. That's abiding in him. Don't don't pull out of abiding in God. Because that's where your answers is. Something come up that, that's beyond your ability to take care of it. Huh? You know the law I've been sued three times by people since see since I've been a widow. But my husband is my maker and my creator. That's what they don't know. Huh? See, they think they're picking on some chick that don't have a man no more. You know, that kind of stuff. You poor widow, we're just going to rob you and take from you. The lawsuits, if they were were successful, would be over $100,000. But God canceled all of them. Dropped the charges, went to court. They never showed up. Given so many days to file. So if they had a judgment, they could never showed up. See, I believe he pleads the cause of the widow and the orphan. I rely on that scripture. You got me? I knew of that scripture before my husband passed away, but I really know it now. Amen? You know, he said, well, you know, they'll put a lien on your house. No, he says he will not remove the ancient landmarks. Amen? He will not remove them. So if I give you property, nobody can take that away from you. Huh? No liens on my property, title free and clear, no successful lawsuits. Why? Because my maker is my husband. Amen. And my redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. I take nothing from him. Amen. And I stand on that. I don't, you know, sometimes you think, oh, well, you know, you could pay, you can make an offering. No, I don't think so. I'm not getting an unction to offer. Not in. Amen. He says, hold on to what you got. Amen. 
You let go. You start letting go of stuff and, and telling the devil, well, you can have a little bit. Of, uh, he ain't going to take a little bit. Once he gets you weak in your faith, he wants to take all of it. Huh? Taking nothing from me. Huh? My maker is my husband. Amen? He made me take care of me. You know, Ahab got killed for stealing Naboth's vineyard. I tell the devil that. I said, devil, you want to get these people killed? Huh? God killed the king because he took somebody's property. Amen? When God gives you something, it's forever, folks. You don't let the devil have nothing, compromise. And I just I just want to get it out the way. It is out the way. You just keep standing on the word. I know you think it ain't going to work, but stand anyway. God knows where you're at. The other fruit of the Spirit, gentleness and humility. It's the Jesus life. He said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. In other words, he had a humble heart. Even though he was the creator of the universe, the king of glory, all of those things, he humbled himself. He said when he found himself in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the Father. So you humble yourself to God first and love people. Learn of him, learn from him how to stay in the spirit of meekness and gentleness, goodness and kindness, You're here to do good. You're not here to do evil. Love is not easily provoked. Question is, can we pass on an offense or do we have to give it attention? Somebody offends you. Do you have to stop and get huffy? And, you know, well, you don't like me. No, you don't like me. And I can see it in your little eyes. It's true. People accuse you oftentimes of what they're guilty of. They don't know how to get in a place of love, loving everybody. Love God. Draw from his love, and you have something to love others with. You can't love people without having drawn from God's love first. What we call love in the natural realm or in the temporal realm is temporary. You got me? It'll come to an end sometimes sooner than other times. Many times we have a list of things that people do this, I'm gone. I ain't taking this off of nobody. You think that's the love of God? And it won't last? No wonder. And then we upset they were nice to us. Let's back up a little bit here. Stay in love. Forgive and ask God to settle issues for you. Just ask him, God, give me your peace and, and settle this for me, please. Let this person know my heart. If I need to go speak to him, open the door. You ever talk to somebody mad at you and don't want to hear it? You could have saved your breath, right? There's a time for everything. Sometimes you don't need to talk to them. Sometimes people are afraid you'll say something to them, and then they have to admit they're wrong. So just leave them alone. And just let God settle these things. Amen? And ask forgiveness of God for departing the kingdom. Going off on your little worry tear. Going off on your whatever it is, you know, extravagant spending mentality. You know, I had to learn how to curb mine very much because we grew up with not a a lot. But I understood how God would redeem those desires and bring them to pass in the kingdom. See, a lot of things I wanted in the natural, I got in the kingdom for free. Hmm. I ain't paid a dime for these. And I didn't steal them either, Prophet Waller. Huh? Got free. Didn't have to pay a dime for them. Why? Because God saw my heart. He cleansed that till he could trust me with stuff. So it won't drive me nuts. Huh? And it won't drive you nuts in the kingdom not having things. I always wanted a fox fur coat. It sat in a closet for years now, and I don't wear it anymore. <laughs> Mainly it's too little. But <clears throat> a girl could buy some old skins and beef it up a little bit if I need it. Or I could make a cape out of it or a 
collar. I don't know what it be. But I'm just saying that to say he will cleanse your heart of desires. And if you still desire him or he wants to bless you, what he said, he's saying to you in those situations, you don't have to go back to the world for the things you want. It's okay with me that you have them. Amen. It's okay with me. And so I appreciate that about God. Trust me, he will take 100% care of you, but you've got to be content in the spirit, folks. You've got to live that life in the spirit. The fruit of the spirit has got to be your delight more than material things. If it's not, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be content. My suggestion, try and abide in his joy first, and he'll add things to you. If you seek the kingdom first, let me tell you something about joy. Joy will make you understand what material blessings are all about. When you can live in God's joy, you'll see that as satisfying. And anything you have in the natural is just more like icing on the cake. Can I say it that way? I can have it, God, or I don't have to have it. I'm not going to scream and throw a fit because I can't get certain things. I'm content where I am, and you can even go from contentment over into joy and rejoicing about the good life God has you and not feel deprived about anything. Amen? Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and for understanding, for giving us the ability to come to you with the things that we desire. But know that if we seek the kingdom first, everything's added. You cannot trust us with multiple, multiple things as believers because we have too much to do. Our life is more than things that we wear, things that we possess. So I thank you, Lord, for abundance of all things, starting with kingdom things. Thank you, Lord, you have a a plan for us that includes no fail. And if we seek the kingdom first, we will never fail. And we thank you, Lord. We know what that life is about And we want to live that life exclusively in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up for prayer and I'll pray for you.